0: All right, Justin, sing me a song that will either save all of universal existence or restore honor to your family.
1: Uh, come together right now over me. Doom, 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 That's all you get from me. I'll actually give you that
0: one since you did the Shiketutas.
1: <laughs> nice. That was a good one.
0: If you hadn't have done those, I was going to give you a loss just because I don't like the Beatles.
1: I know you don't like them. <laughs> but I, since, I thought for sure he was going to give you a loss. Well, you did, but you did that part,
0: and that's the only part of that song I like. So, that part
1: is tight, though.
0: So I'll actually give you a win on that one.
1: Yeah.
0: So this week you officially have more wins than the Houston Texans. Yes, I went there. Heather, what about you? Oh,
1: man.
2: I'm going to tell you right now that I don't have one. I had one, but I forgot how it goes, so I don't have one.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I want you to sing how you think it goes now.
2: Oh, my. Okay. Hold on. This is not the greatest song in the world. It's just a tribute. That Tenacious D song.
0: (laughs) You did it in a weirdly poppy way.
2: (laughs) I told you. It's been a while since I've heard it, but... You know, it's the greatest song in the world. So No, it's not the greatest song the in the world.
0: It's just a tribute the to tribute. the greatest song in the world.
2: Yes. But that would be a song that would save humanity.
0: You know what? I'll give it to you, though, because you did like a weird bubblegum pop version <laughs> of tribute.
2: I'm an amazing singer. I know.
0: It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with your phrasing, just the way you <laughs> phrased it.
2: No, I cover up the fact that I'm not a great singer with. You know, pop.
0: I see. What are you trying to say? There's lots of great pop singers like Kelly Clarkson. I want to hear that. I want to hear that.
2: No, I'm just saying for me personally, that's why I would do it.
0: Uh-huh. I want to hear that noise.
2: I love Kelly. Come on.
0: You uh-huh. know that. Anyway. Wow. So both of you guys get wins today.
2: Yeah. Which is rare.
1: What a special night this will be.
2: Right.
0: You guys are probably going to suck the rest of the episode, though. Aha, nailed it. Uh, Here's the music. Wow. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cine Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Heather and Justin. And today we are doing a twofer. We are talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music and the Disney Plus exclusive right now, Mulan. We will talk about what we like. Didn't like it. Ugh, it's going to be a long night. See, maybe both of you winning is kryptonite for me. We're going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with both of those movies. We will talk about it in a spoiler free version, then give our recommendations and scores and then go into spoilers and time codes for all of that for both movies will be in the description below for this podcast. Let's start it off with the more controversial of the two with Mulan. Heather, what are your thoughts about Mulan? Mulan. It's in a fucking like town in Spain. Mulan.
2: Um, Mulan. So for me, this movie was it was okay. It was not for me, it wasn't anything special. Um I think that they they did an interesting job of putting a little bit more of a somber tone to the story, which that's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. But it just um, it didn't really feel too much like a Disney movie, really. You know, um, all of the other remakes and things like that, that you see, there's just a very, um, you know, you, you can tell that they are still supposed to be those classic Disney movies. And just because I don't want to spoil anything, we'll get into why this is a little bit different in that way. But, um, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with the acting in it. I actually think the acting was fairly decent in it. I think the movie is beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Um, I have some issues with some of the effects and some of the things there, but overall, I mean, it, it it was not super, um, Like, I don't know, the pacing wasn't terrible or anything, but it just was something that it it wasn't just captivating me the entire time. And it could be because, you know, I kind of knew what to expect with what was going to happen with the story because of the original, but it was, it was fine. It was a fine movie. There are some aspects I did like about um, how they did Mulan's character specifically, But overall, it's really just kind of a run-of-the-mill movie for me um, in the sense of nothing extraordinary sticks out about it. Um, It was fine. Not my preferred of the two versions, but it was fine. Uh, That's really all I got.
1: Justin, what about you? Man, I have so many mixed feelings about this movie, especially just um, watching it. there was how I initially felt when I watched it, and then there was going back and kind of finding out about what some of the controversies surrounding this movie is about. And I'm not going to lie, after reviewing some of those things, it did change my perspective a little bit of how I view this film, or at least just, you know, just overall how I felt, um, about the film upon reflection. So, man, this film is uh, all the rage right now, but kind of for the wrong reasons. (laughs) And I I don't know. I I feel like, and I'm so sad because that's unfortunate because this movie should, I I mean, this should be just something that people enjoy. This should just be, a movie about empowerment you, you know it's 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 got female empowerment it's got martial arts uh, uh training and sword fighting and all of that it's you know it's 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 done in the style of chinese cinema so uh, and i appreciated that so much about it so there's a lot of brilliant colors a lot of great cinematography i mean I think definitely the best thing about this movie is just how it looked. I mean, it looked absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there are just so many wonderful shots in this movie. Um and I thought that this the the cast of this is really like a who's who of Chinese cinema. I mean you got Donnie Yin in here, you've got um Lee Gong in here, Jet Li is in here, so you know you had a lot of heavy hitters in here, and I thought that they, you know, all of them, I thought they acted really well. The acting was not my problem in this movie. And then uh Yifei Lu, our main actor who played Mulan I thought for the most part she did a good job I thought that she was a good Mulan and was what she needed to be for all of these scenes but yeah but, but and as much as I think I enjoyed this on my initial watch and I'm all for this I mean I love movies like Hero and House of Flying Daggers and stuff like that, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So, this was right up my alley. Like, I was, this was kind of more of what I wanted, I guess, after seeing the Malign previews. So, this was more up my alley um, when it comes to this type of movie. But, that being said, I will admit that this was, it it didn't, it feels the least like a Disney movie, as Heather was saying, than the other remakes we've had, which I mean, man, I I just have so many mixed thoughts about this movie, but which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because we, we, we just harked on The Lion King for being too much like... The original, and it was just the same, but it was devoid of all of the kind of magic and emotion to that, that really that really encapsulated why you liked the Lion King cartoon. And I guess by nature of what this is, it kind of has similar problems. I guess when you compare it to the Disney cartoon. So there definitely is something to talk about about. It's not the magical, whimsical tale like what you're used to in a Disney movie. But in a lot of ways, this is more in tune with the Chinese traditions and what and kind of their customs and what and their beliefs and kind of the way they do cinema. So in that way, it's good. You know, though there are some things lacking about it also, like the cinematography, I think the story overall will get into it. Some of these things you just see coming a mile away. There's nothing, I guess, nuanced or new about this story that they really added to kind of give it, I guess, what they what it needed to kind of separate itself completely from the cartoon, I guess you could say. Um so I think if anything is missing that was missing. Just more depth to the story is definitely missing here. But uh overall, I thought this looked good. I, I thought the fight scenes were great. I thought the for the most part I liked the visual effects. And I thought the acting I thought every I thought everybody showed up for the acting. So overall, I, I liked it more than I hated it.
0: Um, I'm kind of with you there, Justin, with the whole like mixed emotions thing. Uh, I appreciated that it differed a lot from the animated movie. Uh, because I think where Disney's had a hard time when it comes to making live-action versions of their movies, they're either too much like the movie, a la The Lion King, while also being devoid of any of personality of its own, or they're a lot like the original movie, with just weird changes that make it feel weird, like a Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, where this one I just kind of appreciated that it's at its heart, it's the same story, and they just kind of went about it telling it in a different way. I mean, it still hits all the same major beats that the animated movie does, but it just kind of, you know, it takes you a different route from A to B, you know? And I appreciated that aspect of it. I appreciated that this movie had a personality of its own, with, especially with the, the, the cinematography and the fight choreography in a lot of ways. It's, I loved how bright and colorful this movie was. Like, because to me, that was like paying homage to the fact that it's an animated movie where you look at something like Lion King, which was the most dull looking movie ever. Yeah. Everything was just so blah in that movie. And this one wasn't. Visually speaking, it's very vibrant, but not inauthentically so. You know, like you were saying, lean, like leaning in to actual Chinese culture and things like that, I think just helped. M- bring the office uh, authenticity and br- help bring it to life with the colors and everything like that. Uh, in that respect, it reminded me a lot of black
1: Panther, but then at the same can, time, Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, all I was going to add was I can see that I can totally see that what you're saying there. Yeah. That black Panther comparison.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just the way they use the colors, but then it just being authentic to the culture they were portraying. It It's just in that way. Um, But at the same time, holy fucking boring movie, Batman. I was just bored out of my fucking mind. And there's a lot of controversy uh with some aspects of this movie. And I don't necessarily know if I'm talking about the same controversy as Justin is. But at the same time, like for me, I've seen so many people on Facebook complaining about all the things they took out of this movie that were in the cartoon and stuff like that. And I was actually grateful for that. Cause some yeah. of those things I don't like mm-hmm. just kind of like how we talked about, uh, I mean, this isn't a spoiler because I mean this, everybody knows it at this point, Mushu is not in this movie and I'm so fucking thankful. Mushu was not in this movie because just like genie and Aladdin in the animated version, I hate Mushu. <laughs> Mushu is a fucking like story-breaking character in that first movie that I absolutely hate. He ruins just everything constantly. Like no matter what's going on, it's all like oh, like emotional scene or something like that. And then he's like, hey, "I'm going, yeah, I'm a little dragon, just ruining everything." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Ugh!" And so I was so thankful that Mushu was not in this movie. But dear God, they needed something to bring like an actual narrative personality to this movie. Because outside of the first like five minutes of this movie, it's a very dull and grim affair. Yeah. The whole time. And there is no levity whatsoever in this movie after that happens, after the beginning. So it's just so like, draining to watch and i think that leads into what you guys were saying of it does not feel disney yeah but like i also think it differs where it's paying homage to or mimicking movies like jason was saying like a hero or crouching tiger hidden dragon or uh like movies like that what's the other jet lee one i was thinking of
2: romeo must die.
1: no
0: god no what's wrong with you <laughs>
1: Like the Shaolin, wasn't there one like the Shaolin warrior or the legend of the Shaolin, something like or that, is, right?
0: is it just called Legend or something like that? I like. Oh, maybe that's it, yes. maybe But there's that's like it. one other movie like that, like where this movie is paying homage to a lot of things like that. But it's so lifeless in doing so. Like there's no, there's nothing but utter grimness from the beginning of the movie on. Like there wasn't even anything like a, I'm trying to think of like a way I could say it without getting into specific scenes here and there, but there was just nothing to really take you out of just the gloom and doom of every situation in this movie. They tried to a couple of times, but God, it sucked when they did like, they just didn't achieve what I think that they were going for in those scenes. But I still, I mean, I enjoyed this more than I did, I guess, some of the other live action remakes. Uh, if you haven't seen the Cinderella one, I think that's very underrated. I really like the Cinderella one.
1: I that's think that's one of the best ones, in my opinion. Yes. The Cinderella, that and the Jungle Book, to me, are the two best ones.
0: Yes, exactly. I 100%, that's literally what I was about to say, also, was Jungle Book was the next one I was bringing up. Because those films they do they do stay a little close to the source material for my taste, but through casting and directorial decisions and cinematography at times, they feel like they have a little bit more of their own personality, especially in The Jungle Book. With the voice casting in that movie, they kind of gave it its own personality, even though it was a little on the nose still. It still had personality to it. Whereas then you've... And then I... Also, I, I really enjoyed Aladdin also. So then Aladdin was be the, the, the other one within those. I really enjoyed Aladdin. I know a lot of people don't. It's fine, whatever. I liked it. I liked Aladdin. But then you get into a Beauty and the Beast, and you get into a Lion King. And those were some soulless affairs of movies. They both have a weird, like, dark filter over both of them. And so even the scenes in like Beauty and the Beast, like the ballroom scene, you know, tale as old as time, which in the in the animated movie, especially for the time, was one of the most visually spectacular animated scenes to ever happen. Yeah. And then they do it in this movie or in, in, in that live action one. And I could fucking care less about anything happening then. It just... It's so drab and it has zero magic to it. And then they, then they, they do those songs that they added for that one. And supposedly, oh. according to the credits and everything like that, it was the same person that wrote the songs for the original one also did those. And they were just abysmal
1: that feels like a lie. Like <laughs> I can that.
0: There is one song where beast is jumping from tower to tower singing this song. I can't tell you a single thing that's in that song. He might say the word I in that song. I'm going to assume he says the word love or something. I don't know. It is the most fucking boring, just mind numbingly dull song. I think in Disney history and it just, Oh, it, that, I think that song alone almost ruins that entire movie for me. And I say ruins it. Like I have that many good feelings about it. I don't, I'm saying it takes my already just (laughs) mediocre thoughts about that movie and takes them a couple of steps like lower. And then you have the, like the lion King and you can go listen to our episode on that. It's just, this movie is kind of, it's visually like the ones I like, but it's narratively like the ones I don't. And that's where I get those mixed feelings, Justin. Is it's it's just two in the middle for me with those stuff. And yeah, no, I'll wait, I'll wait from this next point for the spoilers. I'll leave that for the spoilers section. But yeah, it's just it's a beautiful, boring ass movie for me. <laughs> I mean honestly, this is the movie you watch and you just hit mute, put something on your stereo and listen to that and just look at the visuals. Mhm. That's almost what I would suggest for this movie. Um so recommendations and scores or do we do we have any more non-spoilery thoughts?
1: No. No, I'm good.
0: All right. Recommendations and scores, Justin, go. Man,
1: this is the one of the parts I was dreading. Okay. So do I recommend this? Well, to recommend this would mean that you would be paying $30 to see it, or you would be waiting a certain amount of time. uh, December. Yeah. December to where you could see it free. So I don't know. I guess the question is, do you have to see it right now? And the answer to that would be, no, you don't, you know, it's not so it's not, you know, I I think it's decent. I think it's okay. Okay. I I think it's solid, but it is not worth, in my opinion, I, I don't think this is anything you need to shell out $30 to see right now. Oh man, you gotta see Mulan. You can wait till December and you'll be okay. So I think that's probably the best recommendation I give. I mean, if you're a fan of this story, the Milans the, the the story of Milan is just a good story you know it it's a good it's just a good empowering story so if that floats your boat yeah you know you'll probably like this if you like Chinese cinema and the martial arts and the wire string acrobatics and stuff like that oh man you're gonna really like this you know if you like hero and crouching tiger and house of flying daggers yeah you 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 would dig the visuals and the fight scenes and stuff like that when they finally get to them, which is something we'll talk about more in a minute. Uh, But um, but yeah, this is nothing that you need to see right now. Uh, Should you pay the thirty dollars? No, I can't in good conscience tell you people that you need to pay for this right now. If you're going to watch it, I'm not going to say stay away from it or avoid it. It is not a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. But if you are going to watch it, you can just wait to December. Um as far as a score, uh yeah, I think that's fair. Um I'm going to give it 70. Uh Phoenix's um randomly flying around to inspire me out of a (laughs) hundred.
2: Heather, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are kind of saying it best. I would definitely say visually it's very beautiful. Um, Honestly, I really just like the way you put it, Sterling. It's a beautiful, boring movie. (laughs) For me, that's kind of what it was to you. I mean, the story itself is a very interesting story. That being said, though, as weird as it is, Mulan, the original is honestly, it's not necessarily one of my favorite Disney movies either though. Like it's just kind of with these movies, with both of these movies in general, I've just been kind of like, sure, it's fine, you know, but neither one of them have really ever been like, that's my go-to Disney movie. That's the one I always want to watch or anything like that. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with the storyline. I think it's a great storyline you know things like that it's just not one that i specifically like to revisit all the time um i think that the i think that the um the character of Mulan in this new movie who is um i just want to get her name right again um Fei Lu she i think the way that she portrayed Mulan was really well done um even though you know it I think she was subtle about it. Like, I think the, the purpose of the character growth that they wanted to do with her, I think she did it in a subtle way, but I think that she was a really good, she had the Mulan demeanor about her, the character demeanor that she needed to have. Um, Was it as exciting as I would have liked it to have been? No. Like while she did play that part well, it was still kind of like, there was just a little bit of personality missing from it or from her. Um it's it's really just for me. Like I I can say it's definitely not one that you need to see right now right now. Kind of like what Jason said, sure watch it in December, um feel free <laughs> and whatever, but it's not something I would say by any means is a groundbreaking must see right now, buy it right now type of movie. For me, it really is just okay. Um, Like, it's hit or miss. Like, it's like, tomorrow I might like it better than I do right now. Um, Or I might say, you know what, I didn't like it as much as I thought. So it's a very middle-of-the-road movie for me. I'm going to give it 50 Mulans flipping off of her horse out of 100.
0: What score did you give it, Heather? You just said it, and it just went right out of my head. 50. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I'm I'm right there with you, Heather. Uh, I think if you like Mulan, sure, watch it now or wait till December. If you don't like Mulan, sure, watch it now, wait till December. If you don't like Mulan, same thing. It's just, I I can't recommend it. I can't necessarily not recommend it. I just, uh, you know, do what you're feeling, you know, and if you really are that like that iffy about watching it, yeah, fuck it, wait till December. It'll be the exact same movie then. So yeah, because I'm gonna give it the exact same score as you, Heather. It's fifty. Uh fifty. Uh the same guy was in one of the jungle book movies that plays the bad guy in this out of a hundred. I feel bad I didn't look up his name, and I also don't remember which jungle book movie it is. I just know he plays Mowgli in one of those fucking movies. As an adult. So that's that. Uh spoilers?
2: Yes. Also his name's Jason Scott Lee, I believe.
0: Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Which jungle book movie was it?
2: Um, let
0: me try. Ah, it's too late. I don't care anymore. Oh boy. Um, so this movie for me, like when it comes to spoilers, uh, holy fuck, that last fight was really boring and short. I was just mind-boggled by that. As beautiful as there were aspects of this movie and how much I really kind of liked that battle sequence they were doing uh, you know, at the base of the mountain range or um or uh, when Mulan was fighting the the witch lady on that weird yellow, like fluorescent ice, um, yeah. those were like beautiful, like well choreographed fight sequences, and I really liked those. And the end just feels so blah and just so quick and just so unassuming. I just I wanted a more, I don't know, I guess I just wanted a more epic battle. I mean, that was like that's it. You know, it's the end. And I felt like they just kind of went through some motions and it was over.
2: It's from that Wonder Woman flaw.
0: Yeah, this, this, I mean, they took their cues from DC and not from Marvel when it came to this final fight, just some shit kind of happening and it ends, you know, the same problem I have with Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. I mean, those are the only good ones. But it's also the same problem in Batman versus Superman, Justice League, Man of Steel. So, I mean, it's a problem. They run across the board, suicide squad. Um, yeah. Marvel definitely like they went way for that. They went way more for that than they did kind of the Marvel route. When it comes to some of this, it just was really just very disappointing. And especially like I was saying, this movie is so boring that like that doesn't help like i was i wasn't- expe- i was expecting oh like a like a come to Jesus battle like I was looking for something to hype me the fuck up for this movie, and it just went nah bro i'm not gonna do that <laughs> i mean especially like like I was saying this movie is so drab and so dreary and so doom and gloom outside of like the first Like little bits of this movie when Mulan's in her village. She's all running around chasing a chicken with a stick. Which, what was she trying to do with that chicken? Like, with that stick? She wasn't trying to catch it. You don't catch a chicken with a stick. Was she just planning on beating it? I don't know. But anyway. Or the scene with the whole, the spider and her sister. I thought, like, that was a good scene. It showed some lightheartedness and some jovialness. And then, like, from that point on, it was just nothing but negativity and just so blah and like even when they were trying to do the jokes and stuff like that god they all fell flat when she's like except for you i might kill you myself and everybody's like oh haha we're soldiers and we're laughing and i'm just like oh okay like that's it that's my lighthearted moment that's like the only point of levity and all this other stuff and like i get it The whole point is like some of that stuff is very serious. They're like going to train for war and battle and all this other stuff. And then going into battle and then getting kicked out of the military, but still wanting to save the emperor and all this other stuff. I get it. It's all very like serious material, but you need something to lighten you here and there to take away from the emotional drain of just nonstop seriousness, especially from a movie like this. This isn't the fucking movie like spotlight or uh, the movie Doubt, or something like that. This isn't one of those movies where you kind of understand why it's more dreary with its tone throughout the entire movie. This isn't that movie, yet that's still what it did, and it just wears away on you. Like, you just needed some more hints of stuff. Like, it kind of shows that... Mulan and that one guy were kind of falling in love and I get that and I I do appreciate that they didn't make it uh they're still gonna fall in love and be together after all this battles and shit because they were well they were in the middle of a battle and stuff and like training and all this other stuff so I did appreciate they did they didn't like go oh let's stop the battle or let's stop training because we's got to fall in love like I appreciate that they didn't do that but also I don't think they did anything with even just the normal conversations they had as people to go, there's a spark there. There was no spark. There was nothing to that. And so like even by just denying the viewers that aspect of it to just kind of show that they really were connecting on a human level, think they showed aspects of it. And like, I was wondering if maybe they thought the like two times they did it in the movie, they were like, yep, that's enough. Solid foundation for a connection right there. When it wasn't like, you know, when they're having the conversation and he's like, oh, are you arranged for somebody or have you been matched? And he, you know, Mulan was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, oh, you're lucky. I don't even know how to talk to a girl. And Mulan's like, just talk to him like we're talking. And he's like, "Ha are You're funny girl I think is a guy. And then they had a conversation later where they were like where he's like, hey, you're a really good fighter. We should help out the other guys. And Mulan's like, I'm a, totally a chick naked in this lake. Get the fuck out of here. And he was like, You're rude. I know he didn't say that, but like that's how he like was kind of acting like, no, you're just rude then. And then later he was like, oh, <laughs> you made a joke about killing one of our friends. Solid. And that's it. Like that's the story of their love or just them bonding as people. And I'm like, who the fuck's buying that? Like, I get that. You don't want it to truly be a love story. And I'm 100% down for that. But if you want to imply that they still do have a connection outside of it, having a, you know, a, a, pl- a beeline plot about them falling in love at least show me that they could realistically be just friends. And they didn't. Those motherfuckers look like workplace, like, uh, oh, fuck. What's the word? Um, Starts with an A. As-
2: Associates.
0: Maybe that's not what I was thinking of, but we'll say that. Acquaintances. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> they look like workplace acquaintances, and that's it. Like those motherfuckers you walk by in the hall and you might say hi every once in a while. Or if you see each other in the break room and one of you easily eat lunch, they go, Oh, that looks like a tasty lunch. Like that's the type of relationship it kind of showed them having. And it just, it's not there. What they were trying to go for at the end and implying what they wanted to imply at the end. It's not there, but I think they needed to have something. They needed to have more bonding they need to have Mulan bonding with those that group of soldiers more, other than them just saying lines to her and her, you know, ignoring them or whatever and all this other stuff. They needed more than that to kind of solidify their the, the whole group's relationships. And I think that, that then, if they had done that, some of the jokes they were trying to make then would have landed better and would have had it would have provided the levity. I'm I'm saying this movie's desperately needed. And then it would have flown, it would have flowed better, but they didn't do that. So it's just so bleh. And I'm still, I'm really hit or miss on whether or not I like that Phoenix or not. I know the whole kind of point of it was like, you know, you know, she sees it and, but they don't acknowledge anyone else sees it. So then it's kind of like, well, that's her ancestors showing her the right way or that they approve of what she's doing or all this other stuff kind of. Fulfilling the support aspects of what Mushu brought in the animated movie without actually putting a supernatural figure like that in the actual plot, but just kind of the whole ancestral guidance aspect of it. And I just don't know if I liked it or not. There were times I did, and then there were times I'm like, oh, that's just kind of dumb. And so I'm just like, I'm really 50, 50, 50, 50 on that, just like I am for most of this movie like I really like I really liked that witch character in this one. I thought that was a fantastic character. But
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: And I know there's a lot of things I've read online or just other people have been saying that they're like, "Oh, why would somebody that is like an army destroying witch just subjugate herself to the con like that?" And they kind of do some things like that, but I think it would have been more like authentic to what they were doing in some of those aspects. Whenever, you know, the con is like, well, you know, you're working for me because if I rule the empire, you'll have a place here. But then it doesn't show him even like acting like she deserves a place any other time. You know what I mean? Like when he defends her against the negativity thrown at her for being a witch, he's just like, yeah, she's a witch, but she's my witch. Oh, okay. Like not being like, oh well, you know, she may be a witch, but she's actually working to better our empire. And like, we're just like giving her any sort of value outside of being a witch. But then, like I said, then he just turns around and says like, but we're bros, I guess, because I'm going to give you a place to live and everybody's going to respect you, which he doesn't make anybody respect her when they're just trying to get there. So that seemed uneven, which made like it would it'd be different if there was something to that, or at least whenever he was talking to her, he downplayed his actual thoughts about her. And then when he was around other people, he didn't. So then like the twist at the end or like the turn at the end would make a look like would have some more impact or something like that. It just made no sense that she was around him ever. So like towards the end with that whole thing that has zero impact because you're just like, well, yeah, of course she does. Like, of course she's going to do that because fuck that guy. So there was no balance with that either, but there were some really cool scenes with her though. I think, I think with the witch character, I think those were some of my favorite scenes when it comes to like the fighting and stuff like that. Cause that was some cool shit. I don't know. I think I'm done talking about it now. Oh, that would be now Heather. What about you?
2: Yeah, I agree. I I do like the witch a lot. I thought that was a good character. Um, it's, I mean, it's just really hard because I feel like you kind of captured <laughs> most of what I was thinking too. I mean, and, and also I I don't think, I, I just feel like there's no way that she was fooling anybody by them, like actually thinking that she was not a woman because she just looks too, too much like a woman. <laughs> like there, I just don't know how anybody would have been fooled by it. But obviously I know that's, you know, the point of the story. It was just funny to me because I'm like, in no, at no point did I think she at all looked like a guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know. And and I do know that there is a lot of, you know, there, there was a lot of different controversies and stuff like that surrounding it. And I actually intentionally did not read anything about this new movie uh, before I saw it just because... You know, I I already kind of have... I feel like the original Mulan is already at a disadvantage with me because it's already not necessarily my favorite. That I didn't want to give even more of a bias before going into this. So I didn't actually know about most of the controversy happening until more recently, like after I watched it. Um, and, you know, and I understand, you know, there's a lot of different things going on with that. but um, But yeah, so I just... I don't know. I I think that um, the movie itself is it, it does tell a very empowering story for uh, for women. I think you know, and I just think that that scene when she when she becomes herself again, when she's not trying to hide who she is, and you know she realizes like I'm going to be a better fighter as myself because I'm not walking on eggshells. I'm not trying to do these things that. You know, I just know if I do it my way, I'm going to be a better soldier for these people. And that's what I'm here to do is fight. And I just, I think that that scene was a really good scene in the movie. I think it, you know, just kind of just seeing her coming to her, come into her own again with that was really, it was a really good scene. And then, you know, I did, I agree that the battle scene wasn't very long. <laughs> I agree that it it was very much like okay, so that's it. All right. But um I thought it was awesome when she came in like guns blazing on that horse just ready to go at it, you know. Um I thought that that was really well done and just seeing the the fighting and the choreography of what she was doing and things like that was good. I think there were some scenes where it was a little too obvious that it was just not real like a lot of times when she's doing flips, like at that very end when she's, you know, when she's talking or not talking, when she's fighting with the, um, uh, you know, the bad guy, she, you know, she's doing like all these flips and things. And you just feel like <laughs> it just looked to me like she was on strings and they were just trying to, you know, have her rotate herself or something <laughs> like it just didn't look very realistic to me. Um, otherwise visually I did really enjoy, uh, you know, what, what they did with everything. And I, I liked the scene too, like the clever scenes of how she helped with the battle. Like when she, she takes the helmets and, you know, she lines them up on the little ridge or whatever it is far away. So it looked like there were a bunch of people so she could distract and everything. Um, I really liked that. I thought that was clever. You know, I just, I liked the way that they were showing her as a very independent thinking, clever, quick on her feet, type of person who would be a good person in, you know, in a fight and a good person to help lead in, in, you know, as a soldier in an army of some kind, I did like that. Um, but again, everything leading up to that, it just didn't grab my attention. It was just very like, meh, like here and there, I'm just like seeing things and I'm like, Oh, okay, that's decent. But as a whole. Nothing really excited me that much about this movie. Um, None of the scenes really, except for that final one that was really, or that final battle, that was kind of the most exciting scene. But there wasn't even any, anything near it. Like, it was just very much like, that wasn't specifically a very awesome, awesome scene, like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But compared to everything else that was going on in that movie, it kind of felt like it maybe hyped it up a little bit more for me. And I know, Sterling, you were saying it didn't hype you up. And and it didn't hype me up necessarily, but it definitely made me start paying a little bit more attention to some things um, in the movie. So yeah, that's that's just kind of, you know, my thoughts on it. And um, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't really... I don't really know what else to say about it other than just it's it's very different. Oh, and also the fact that, I mean, in, in this movie and the way they did this movie, it makes sense that they didn't do any kind of music in it like most of the other Disney remakes have still done. That was a different thing too. Like that was also what made it feel very much like very different and less Disney-ish. And not that Disney only does, you know movies with music or whatever, but this remake, it doesn't have any musical numbers or anything like that. And it wasn't needed, you know, and, and I'm glad that they didn't just put it in for the sake of it because, you know, that would have not made it any better, but that was also a different thing. Like it was just very much like, Oh, okay. It's, um, this classic story, but it's just a little bit more intense and serious. And there's no like fun musical numbers or, just good musical numbers, but I did also like how they had the the reflection song, like kind of just like the score of that playing throughout. That was pretty cool though. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah, it's just very much a, like if I hadn't seen it, I don't feel like I really missed out on anything that was groundbreaking. But I am glad that I saw like this different take on it because there were some things that I like how they tried to do it, you know, and, and make it different than the the animated version of it. So that's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing additional that I guess I would say from my perspective.
0: Justin, what about you?
1: All right. So for me, um, a lot of my, I guess, mixed feelings about it uh, re- really just come from narrative things. And I guess it's almost kind of like this movie I, I mean it's almost like it writes itself into a it's almost a damned if you do damned if you don't sort of situation with this movie and I just go back and forth with different narrative decisions that they made because on one end they in the previews and when you look at interviews about this before it came out, they told you that this was going to be an attempt to, that this was going to be a more kind of serious, uh, take on this story. It was going to be more in tune with Chinese traditions and customs. It was going to be, um, a little more, um, adult and a little more, um, grown up than the cartoon and they did those things, but and they did those things and they kind of, I guess, went all in on most of those things. And, and for the most part, those things are consistent. And I understand some of the decisions they made and why they did it. Um, and some of those decisions were great decisions. I mean, if you're comparing the cartoon and this, I mean, the fight scenes in this, and just some of the visuals that they do, the the stuff with the with the witch character. I mean, I think that there are there are scenes visually that are superior to the animated, like like how they were choreographed or the fighting and stuff like that. There's some of that that I think. Is superior to the animated. But I think that the thing that was missing from this and Sterling kind of touched on it was that you really didn't have that comedic or kind of light hearted element with this. There were inklings of it, but you could tell that narratively, they just didn't really know how to get there with the story they had. And this is what I mean by the damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you're kind of caught in a situation where, okay, we, even though, yes, we are saying it's going to be different from the cartoon, the story is still going to play out like the cartoon. And This is where kind of the the whole Mushu thing comes in, because in the cartoon, you had some lighthearted comedic elements throughout, you know, that that's kind of the purpose that the Mushu character served. Well, one of the reasons why they took Mushu out of this was because of the whole thing about the the dragons and Chinese culture and stuff like that, the, the and the phoenix and everything that's a big deal for them, you know. That's um something that is very near and dear to their traditions and stuff like that. So they were like, Well, if we're going to honor this more and respect kind of this story more, we really can't have a comedian <laughs> playing the uh, 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 a dragon character like we had. Back in the cartoon. So there were some. Just being respectful. To the tradition. Reasons why they didn't have that character. So that's the part. Where I'm like okay. I understand why you did that. But. If you're not going to have. That constant comedic. Light hearted element. You've got to replace it. With someone else. Or something else in your narrative, and we just didn't have that, uh, other than just like, like, like you guys were saying, the occasional jokes and stuff like that, but yeah, I think that those interactions with some of the soldiers, and instead of the crick, the literal cricket that we had running around doing stuff in the cartoon, we had one of the soldiers named Cricket here, and those actors, I mean, th- th- they were okay, but yeah, it definitely was not... Uh, it, it definitely was not Mushu and Cricket from the original. You know, you just did not have that comedic, lighthearted element constantly interacting with Milan and her at getting to feed off of that and react to that. And that is one, I guess you could say, an advantage is to the cartoon is that it kind of had that, you know? And like I said, on the Lion King one, sometimes though, you can just get away with things in the anim- in an animated film that you just can't get away with, with in a real film. So I do think the movie was lacking something like that. um, and then, yeah, and and also just narratively, another problem I had was just uh that the story really is just a straightforward story. um I applauded this movie for being more like Chinese cinema and those homages and having that fight choreography and the wire string acrobatics and stuff like that, which um. And I know, Heather, you had said it didn't quite look real. Well, that is kind of uh, just to tell you that that is kind of how the wire string acrobatics and stuff kind of work like they jump up and it kind of looks and it does look. Uh, It is hella unrealistic, honestly, visually, but you know, they'll jump up and then they'll kind of, I've seen them kind of like almost running in the air. They're moving their legs back and their arms back and forth and they jump up and do all these crazy things. And it's obvious that something is propelling them, but it doesn't look like they just like have the leg strength to jump up there themselves and stuff like that. And I get where you're coming from. Yes, it's hella unrealistic looking, but that is very much in the spirit of kind of Chinese cinema and the wire string kind of acrobatics they like to do in those movies. So I was cool with that element of it. But um, where I think I had some issues is just that it was too straightforward of the Chinese-style narrative. Okay, you've got this person, and they're special because they've got these, th- this ability inside of them. they got this key inside of them, and it's just better than anybody else's key, and, and they're so strong, but they don't know it, and they, and they hide it in. And then the movie is about them kind of releasing that and using their full power and being able to conquer whatever it is in front of them. And I mean just describing that, I'm pretty sure you can, if you're into martial arts films, if you're into Dragon Ball Z, if you're into any of these mediums where you've got like Chinese and Japanese kind of martial arts and samurai and ninja folklore, you've seen this story a million times with this person who has something inside of them and then by the end of the movie they unleash what they've been holding on to are hiding and then it's just pretty much uh, everybody's got to uh, get murked at that point um, by this person with the incredible key or the incredible abilities. So we we've kind of seen that so if you're gonna do that story you really have to have some nuances and things like that to really make that story stand out and this to if you ask me was just a little too straightforward it was just too there weren't enough nuances to that that, that I could really sink my teeth into. I just kind of knew what this was. You knew what this was going to be, not by merit of the cartoon, but just even by merit of this presentation, you kind of knew what this was going to be. And there was not too much that surprises you along the journey. And then like you guys were saying about the witch character, you just knew because of her relationship with, um, her relationship with the um and man, I forget the the actor's name, Bori Khan. Yeah, Jason Scott Lee. Uh, that that dynamic. Yeah, you could just see it coming a mile away. Okay, she's going to turn on this guy at some point. You know, she's going to turn on this guy at some point. You, you just knew it, you know. And then when it gets to the end of the movie, it. You know, what might have been interesting is if she ended that guy and then you could have had a really awesome, empowered Milan versus empowered, witch type of deal, you know, maybe they, they should have had a rematch and it could have been like this, you know, she came into her, she understood her worth and got rid of him and maybe it should have came down to those two and then it's more about but Milan is right yes they both are empowered but Milan is right What her cause is noble her what she wants is um is she's who we should root for. So that's why she has, she gets to win that battle. You know, maybe if something like that had been done, that ending would have been a little bit better or not as predictable. You know what I mean? But the way that they did it, I mean, which was fine, I guess, but. It's just so, you know, predictable and you just see it coming a mile away. So I think that's the biggest complaint I have about it narratively. It, it, the, all of this you've seen before and there was nothing really, uh, um, I guess, nuanced or they didn't do enough with that narrative to re- to where you really just... Um, did not see a lot of these elements coming a, a mile away. Um, and then just to finally speak on just kind of some of the controversies I'm talking about. So, uh, with the actress, um, our lead actress in this movie, uh, Fei Lu, um, right now she's under a lot of scrutiny with, um, With fans and just people and stuff like that, because right now in China is a a lot of a a, there's kind of a similar thing that's going on here where there's being a lot of protest about um police brutality in China. And there are these Muslim people that are that that people are reporting or being discriminated against, almost put in these camp like situations. And um there's kind of like abuse uh, of power and things like that, that many people over there are in the process of protesting against. So it's funny how even though we're they're way over there, a different society, a different people, but they're they're fighting. But you know, you can see the parallels of kind of what's going on over here. And this actress that played Mulan uh, tweeted that she supports. The, the The police in China, and she stands with them so of course, so you know, kind of similar to a blue lives matter over here right i I'm, I support the the police, so of course, right now, just depending on where you fall on these issues and where you kind of sit with that. There's a lot of hate coming her way and the the hashtag boycott Mulan has started and different things like that. And so the, the movie has really had that hurdle also. And I know that I want to say some representative from Disney came out in an interview and said that this has affected the sales. It has affected kind of the initial release of this movie. So on top, of all of the other people and and people, especially Western audiences saying, well, if Mushu's not in it, so I'm not watching it. It's not like the cartoon. So I don't want to watch it. You've got that going on, but then you've also got this going on political kind of stuff. That's sort of, uh, driving the way people see this movie. So yeah, after, Learning that and kind of reading about that and discovering that it does kind of put me in an awkward place with this film. So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, this is like just the craziest film to me because there are just so many angles to talk to about this film and right now it's super popular but i feel like it's popular for all the wrong reasons and so yeah that's my thoughts on milan
0: no i get about I, I get a lot of that i didn't know which controversies you were talking about because that was one of the other ones i was going to bring up was the uh controversy between the actress's statements and all this other stuff so oh my I bad! Remember, I didn't know. I no, wasn't no.
1: sure if your controversies were. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't mean to jump you on that. But
0: yeah. Well, yeah. No, I just didn't want to bring that up at the beginning of the conversation of this. Gotcha. You know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So you bringing it up towards the end was about when I was going to anyway, too. So that works out. Um, I am glad you brought up the whole thing with the wire fighting, though, is because yeah, that is that a particular style, uh, with all that, and so I guess that's why those aspects didn't bother me is because. I've seen a lot of movies with that style. Uh, But I mean, I think you, you are nailing the head, nailing it on the head when it, when it comes to Mushu and they needed what Mushu brought. They just didn't need Mushu. Yeah, exactly. Mushu. I hate that character, but he was the constant comic relief in that, in the, in the animated movie though. But where I see where I guess one of my big detriments against Mushu though, is it wouldn't matter how serious the moment is. He was like weirdly doing a joke. Even if he was like sad, you know, even if it was just, like a somber moment, he's like, well, I guess I'm just a sad little dragon. <laughs> like, oh, so annoying. Um, But then I've, also, I've seen controversy about the fact that like people are pissed off. Cause she doesn't cut her hair off in this Like she does in the cartoon and I'm like, that is such a weird thing to get hung up on.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Like, I'm like, is it really that iconic of a moment now? I have seen, I have seen people actually try to recreate that in real life, how she just cuts it all off in like one fail swoop. And it's, it's funny how little that actually works because while individual hairs themselves are very weak, grouping hair like that together it's very hard to get a blade in just one swoop like holding both of it yourself to get it to cut through in that manner uh because also the angles that would you get the force you can put on it like no matter how sharp your blade is you're not going to be able to put enough like strength behind it at the angles in which you would have to do to hold your own hair to do so for it to actually work uh but yeah i've seen people getting hung up on that And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, it was just such a weird thing to get hung up on. This movie has its own problems. There's plenty to get hung up on with this movie. I don't see the point in getting hung up on some of those things. Uh, Especially when, like you said, you get into the controversy of, you know, the actress's statements and all this other stuff. Now, like, I do know more specifically at the time when the, the actress made those comments It was more specifically about the stuff going on in Hong Kong uh, with the police and government control over Hong Kong and its fights for uh, autonomy within itself. But then like now, I think it does take on more of a different tone with what you were saying, Justin, about the uh, Islamic or Muslim uh, Chinese people in like the north, what Western provinces of China essentially being put into internment camps yeah and yeah
2: that's the part that i was that I was thinking about with all the controversies that's the one that I'm most was thinking of,
0: well, I mean, but you have to realize that when she said that stuff initially, what was going on was the Hong Kong stuff, uh which was what like almost a year ago now,
1: yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it'd be about a year
0: because it's also it's one of those weird things of you also gotta remember when this movie was supposed to come out, true versus now. So like the situation in China is vastly more tumultuous than it was when she said those things. And it's it's crazy to even think so because it was pretty crazy then. And it's just taken on even weirder turns that you know her statement kind of still would seem to benefit, you know, that mentality. And uh which yeah, it does cause a lot of controversy, but I mean at the same time I mean you can't really get mad at this movie for what she said with that, because when you really, you've got to look at Hollywood's weird relationship with China anyway. Yeah. I mean, you can take it out on Mulan all you want, but the second you still go see a Marvel film, you're still doing the same shit. I mean, Marvel does specific edits just for China. So many movies do edits just for China, just to make it to where, they will be approved by the Chinese government. I mean, some of the stuff even says good things about the Chinese government in movies where, you know, just to make sure that the Chinese government goes, Oh yes, this is a great movie. We'll let our people watch it. So I mean it gets it gets incredibly murky with stuff like that. Like I said, you can you can take it out on Mulan all you want. And, but you know, the second you go watch Avengers Endgame, you're still kind of paying in, paying into the same shit. So that's
1: a good point. That that's a very good point. And yeah, and and even with this movie, a lot of this went through approval of the Chinese government. You know, they worked with China a lot to produce this movie. But like you said, man, there are so many movies that we love out there, especially. The Avengers movies and stuff like that, where they do the same thing, man. As with this, they, 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 like you said, they make specific edits for over there. Movies are made with the intent that they're going to be released in China, and because China just is going to bring in so much revenue, you know, we. It, it's just amazing how much China influences what these movies make worldwide. And that's just the real aspect of it. So you're right. So in a way to not support this movie, because, man, I don't support uh, China and all that stuff over there. But then, yeah, but then you scroll up on Disney Plus and you watch and you start watching (laughs) Captain America, the, you know, in the Civil War. Yeah, I get what you're saying, man. <laughs> what are you really doing? You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird, weird relationship. I mean, you really, as much as everybody loves talking about how movies are pieces of like their art, they're this, they're that, whatever, They're still a business and you cannot function on a worldwide level and not essentially cater to China at some point with anything. I mean, That's why it is sometimes crazy with the amount of money that these Star Wars movies make because Star Wars movies are historically not shown in China because I think this last one was, but for the most part, because the Chinese government looks at the ideas of taking down the empire as anti-Chinese. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of these weird things where you're really going to have to to really truly take a stance against a lot of that stuff, you're going to have to cut out a lot more than people think, because on top of that, even just randomly innocent movies probably still get funding from China because that's also another thing that helps them get into the Chinese market is if Chinese dollars are behind the film, the government's more than likely going to allow them to be shown. So
1: true.
0: I mean, it's just one of those and things so- I, I don't, I'm not trying to take a particular stance either way on something like that. Because, I mean, ultimately, it is up to each individual when it comes to some of that stuff. But I just kind of want to point out that it's it's a lot deeper than a lot of people think. And you really got to, you know, really look into it a lot further if you're going to start going that route like you are with, like, like some people are with Mulan.
1: Yeah. And it's very unique to the other Disney remakes in that way because all the other remakes you're pretty much making them for the people over here. You know, the Western audiences and stuff like that. But... You know, Disney is kind of now in this situation where they are doing a lot of appeasement to the Chinese markets. A lot of their movies are going over there and stuff like that. So now here you are and you're just time to remake Milan and Milan is a, is, this is about a Chinese woman that lived and, you know, that, that this is very much a part of their, of their history and folklore. So you, I mean, it's when you really think about it, politically speaking, when you think about that, there was no way that you could make the same movie. You know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 the cartoon was for us, you know, with just little regard for you know, I'm sure that they, they respected the story, of course, they tried to make a good movie in Milan, but that was for us, you know you had Eddie Murphy as the dragon. you know what I mean like That movie was for this that was for Western audiences, but now. You know years later, now you've got a Chinese market to think about. They're heavily involved in what you show there and stuff like that. I mean, just imagine if they tried to do the movie the exact same and show it over there. they wouldn't have even China wouldn't have allowed that to show mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah so. and
2: and that's interesting too, because uh not too long ago, I was talking to an old coworker of mine. Um, who he is married to someone who is from China and I guess they were watching Mulan or something and the original one. And he actually didn't like it because he thought that they had a lot of like weirdly racist like undertones in the cartoon version or in the animated version. And also was like, I feel like it's one, if not the only, or maybe just one of the the movies where the villain essentially is like a historical place like it's a real place you can go and it's making a whole you know group of people look like they're a villain as opposed to you know a lot of other animated or disney films where it's a made-up place or you know stuff like that and so he he was actually saying he had hoped that the new one would be different in that regard because that actually bothered him about the animated one. And I didn't actually even think of it Uh granted. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, so I didn't really probably catch on at the time when I watched it to those things. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those where he's like, I kind of hope that this new one does it better because I think that they, <laughs> they made like a whole group of people look like they're a villain And there's no other, like really with the exception of, I guess, Pocahontas, where it makes a whole like group of people look like they are the bad guys and like a real group of people, not made up, you know, village or a made up country or anything like that. So I just thought that was an interesting
1: perspective. No, I totally get that. And that's a great point that you're making. And actually, um, before we did this podcast, because usually when we do a Disney remake review, uh, or, or at least, or at least when a Disney remake is about to come out and I'm gonna watch it, I usually will go back and watch the older movie just so I can yeah. make comparisons and stuff like that. I mean, I, I didn't have that kind of urgency with this just because of, I, we, we kind of all knew going in it was gonna be radically different, but. Yeah. I see what your friend is talking about because I started watching the older Milan again, and right away, I mean, there was some problematic lines. Like, like there's a part towards the beginning, um, and, and I don't have the exact quote, but I'm abridging a little bit. But it was this was pretty much the quote. So, like, there's these t- the, these women, and they're talking. About the ancestors. And one of them is like, well, you know, the w- we need to pray for the ancestors to uh help us with this situation. And I wonder what the ancestors would do in all of this stuff. And then the other woman goes, Well, they're dead, so they probably wouldn't do anything. You know, she needs to do this herself. She mm. needs to go on this journey herself. And I was like, Damn. Like, I didn't even remember <laughs> that line. Right. But yeah when I went back and watched it, that's one of the and that's towards the the beginning, you know uh that th- that's one of those lines and then you know in that scene where Mushu is sent by accident. To uh to to be Milan's protector and everything, you know. There's this congregation of ancestors, that are kind of like these gods or these ancestors of people, and they all just seem so like dumb. Like Maybe isn't the stereotype. right word, but yeah. But but they just, I don't know about dumb, but they definitely just did not seem. Like they were being respected. So there's just no way (laughs) that you could have this movie and get it. If you made that film, the cartoon I'm talking about, and you just did that, but you did it live action, there's no way that that China would be showing that. There's just no way. Just Mm -hmm. no way. And I think a lot of times people... They haven't seen these movies in a while, these cartoons in a while, and they're so nostalgic, and they just like what they like, and they don't realize we were kids. You got to remember, like, we were kids growing up watching these movies. We didn't understand everything we were watching. Yeah. We didn't understand the undertones of everything that these people were saying. And sometimes, man, when you go back and watch some of these, even these cartoons. And these animated features, man, you find a lot of stuff and you're like, damn, why was that done? And it's just that back, you know, different time, different era, different mentality. But still, you know, some of these scenes and some of those lines make you go, my goodness, man, we were not respecting these people, you know? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) All
0: right. You guys ready to talk about Bill and Ted?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. On that, that note, on
0: let's talk about Bill and Ted. Uh, so, with that, all right. So, non spoilers uh, for Bill and Ted. That's just such a hard transition between all of that to Bill and Ted. Uh, all right. So, this time is Heather. Wait, is it Heather this time? I think mm-hmm. it's
2: Justin this time.
0: It is Justin this time. Justin, what are your thoughts on Bill and Ted face the music?
1: Well, no, I I thought this was, I like this. I was entertained by this. Um, Honestly, like the the Bill and Ted, I guess now trilogy, it's not like uh, it's, one of my favorite things ever or anything like that i always thought that they were entertaining movies uh respectable movies but i was never like oh man you know bill and they and they're iconic characters don't get me wrong i would never just downplay them but they were never really like characters that i guess you could say like they weren't any of my favorites they're not like oh man you know this is just uh uh Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is something I go back to all the time. I don't know. I think I've seen that movie maybe two times. Uh, And Bogus Journey, I think I saw it once. So these aren't like revered favorite characters in my mind. I wasn't somebody who was just like, oh, another Bill and Ted. Oh, I'm excited about this. You know, I, I really was not that guy. But I will say if this is this was good, man, this was a nice little continuing of this story. Um, And and I thought that um, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, I guess some things are just like riding a bike. You know, you just don't forget (laughs) how to do certain things. And. Man, these guys, I mean, you would have thought that there had been 10 Bill and Ted movies before this. And this was like the 11th one or something, because it was like they just never stopped being these characters years ago. It felt like even though they were they are older, it felt like Bill and Ted. The chemistry that Keanu and Alex winter have uh the 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 way that they would talk to each other, the back and forth banner, the way they play off of each other, it was all there, so i couldn't help but laugh at just some of the conversations and how Bill and Ted have a special way that they react to things and people and situations and it was all there, like, I mean, it was all there, so there were parts where I was just laughing at something that was said, and this movie is a movie that knows what it is. It's silly, it's goofy, and it is mind-blowingly dumb, but that's Bill and Ted. I mean, that, that's, this is what we pay for, this is what they are, so this movie can, can get away with that, but... At its heart, at its heart, and I will say that too, there's a lot of heart in this movie. I think that the message is is a very good message, especially for right now, because 2020 has been, whoo, my goodness. I mean, (laughs) can it get any worse? So you know what? Maybe this movie caught me at the right time. Uh, may, may, it was the right time for something like this, if you ask me. Just something lighthearted, something optimistic, and something that kind of leaves you with just a hopeful, cheery, uplifting message. And the movie, for, for all of the stupidity in it, I thought it was kind of cleverly written. I like this little storyline. And the and we'll talk more about the specific elements. I don't want to ruin them here, but I liked this storyline and the journey it took these characters on and all the other characters, too. I liked Bill and Ted's uh, daughters. They were good in this, too. I liked them. They were they were adorable. I thought. Um uh, the the you know and then there are just other people that show up throughout this too and uh, people were fun and entertaining and when they had lines i felt like they nailed them so all in all uh i thought this was a very entertaining funny and just uh, a light-hearted movie that i needed right now heather what about you
2: yeah i mean i i definitely agree i i think it was very amusing i think it was a very timely movie and um my only slight disagreement with what Jason said is, while I, I do agree that, you know, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter kind of, you know, it is like riding a bike. They go back into it and it's just like they were always these, these characters. That is true, but with a slight caveat of <laughs> seeing Keanu Reeves playing like John Wick now, it's really hard to even just like want to see him as anything else. <laughs> but he, he plays the role well. It's not like he's not playing it the way that it was originally played, it's just he's done so many like iconic roles since then that it's just it's just funny because a lot of times I was like I can't believe that that's uh, John Wick being this guy right now, you know. But it, it was amusing and it wasn't bad. It's just funny because it's Keanu and he's kind of iconic for a lot of other things, and you know, seeing him go back to the roots of kind of when he first started out acting and and everything. It was it was just kind of nice to see it, but it was just amusing a little bit in that way um i think the story was good i will say um i feel like it did end rather abruptly uh towards the latter half of the movie but it was still good it was a good storyline you know they had a, a purpose and a point for what they were doing the dynamics between bill and ted obviously was great and with their wives it was it was very funny with their wives um and as great as they all are i honestly like I think the standouts in this for sure are the daughters. Um, Samara Weaving and uh, Bridget Lundy-Payne were definitely the standouts for me in this. They were the most enjoyable. And I think it's just because of how perfectly they played those characters and how perfectly they just seemed exactly like their dads. Um, and I, yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. And it's not, this isn't really spoiling anything, but I just think it's funny that they named their daughters after each other. <laughs> It was just kind of funny, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, timely, refreshing, just feel good type of movie. And it does capture the essence of what the original movie was. And even the second movie, you know, and I think that the second movie, I, I actually really enjoyed the second movie. I know a lot of people weren't big on that one, but I really enjoyed it because the character of death, who is also in this movie was in it. And I just think he was great. So yeah, it's. It's a, it's a good movie with a great message. I think the people that they cast for certain people, which I know we'll get into are very well done, very good casting. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a very good feel good. If you just want to watch something lighthearted and get your mind off things and to feel like, Hey, maybe the world can be better eventually kind of movie. This is a good one for that.
0: I think it's very weird that this movie was done being filmed before 2020 became the 2020 that we know it is today. (laughs) Right. And somehow it feels like it was made directly for humanity going through what we're going through. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's mind boggling how this movie really is kind of one of the bigger shining lights of things I've seen lately. I am glad you said what you said, Justin, because I was going to have to add it to it if you didn't. Yeah, this is just a dumb, stupid movie, but it has so much fucking heart that yeah. it it easily makes up for ever, like the flaws when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I do agree with you, Heather, when it comes to like the first and second Bill and Ted movie. I've seen the first one a couple of times. Not a huge fan of the first one. I love the second one. I love Bogus Journey. Thank you. When,
1: when, it, Thank when, you. It, when
0: it comes to death and like just them going to hell and all that other stuff. And then with st- in the character death and station and the evil Bill and Ted robots.
1: The robots. Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> I, it's so good, right?
0: I love the second Bill and Ted. And it's I not really just me. like That's I, re- good. I really like that. This one kind of keeps that tradition going, though, of just upping the stakes of what the song means to humanity and just existence as a whole. And I like how they twisted it in this. And I won't say what it is. I almost did because I forgot what what we're doing. (laughs) We've been going for a while now. I forgot kind of where we were, but I loved how they twisted it and it it made it still fit. It very much still works. I love how they paid homage to George Carlin Mm -hmm. in this movie. It It was a very nice little nod to him without doing that bullshit of just putting him in the whole movie with CGI, you know, it's just a very nice nod to his importance to everything and how they kept referencing it. I thought that was really nicely done. Yeah. And I just like how genuine those characters still kind of feel decades after the last time we saw them, that they still very much feel like those characters still. And I like the fact that the Ted character they twisted to kind of be more like Keanu now with the fact that, while well, they are these kind of like loser rocker type of people. He was still always kind of wearing a suit at all times. He, <laughs> he was in some yeah. form of a suit of whether it had a jacket or not, but it was still, you know, that a suit and like button down shirt and all this other stuff, which is a lot of what Keanu wears, you know, and they kind of just twisted it a little bit. It's But he still very much felt like Ted. Like that. And I just love how they kept going into the future and all of those insane versions of themselves in the future.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was great. That was great.
0: And it just really kind of showed, like, that while they might be these good hearted characters, if life does deal them a different hand, they might not be that same thing because they are so focused on essentially their destiny that they lose sight of everything else and how that can twist you into being something dark and different than what you are as a person. And, but I loved it. They were also so like dimwitted that they would be told something specifically about by them futures, by like by their future selves and they would just kind of still do it, but they would do it with such good intentions. Like I, I'm really going to stop talking now. Cause I really feel like I'm just on the verge of constantly saying spoilers and not <laughs> like realizing I'm doing it. But it's just the the, the, the good heartedness is the, like the underlying underlining factor with their characters the whole time. And I think that that's what adds like a genuine aspect of of goodness to this movie that in all actuality has zero right to be as good as it actually is. <laughs> it's a weird franchise that has had nothing happen with it for 20 years or over 20 years at this point and it somehow just works inexplicably. So, and I, I, I definitely think it's, I think this is one of the better examples of a franchise being extended decades into the future and it actually working. So many things have been trying to do that. And more often than not, they fail at it. And this one, for the most part, I feel is a success and probably one of your better examples of what to do when you're going to do that. So uh, recommendations and scores. Uh, Heather, you start that.
2: Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I mean, honestly, it feels like even if you hadn't seen the first few, you're not going to be completely lost on what's happening in this movie. It's definitely better if you've seen the first ones, but you're you're not going to be completely lost as to what they're doing with this in this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend it, especially if you have seen the others. But in general, and, and, you know, would this movie be as highly revered if this year wasn't terrible? I don't know. <laughs> I think I would still like it. I know people and myself included were excited for this movie before, you know, when it first was known that this was going to be a thing, but it just it is because it is so timely. Um, it it just, it feels like it's something that you should see. You definitely need to see. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely goofy and it's silly and it's like, (laughs) it's completely dumb and everything, but it is also so, it's, it's just good. It's still just very good and uplifting in a sense. And I just, I think it is, it's well done and it does, it is in keeping with this, the, the ambiance and the tone of the other movies. And yeah, you don't feel like it's stepping out of that world of Bill and Ted. You feel like it really is like legitimately, if you picked up 20 something years later, this would legitimately be how those characters are as dads, as, you know, (laughs) as husbands and everything. Like it it completely fits with the characters of who they are. And I appreciated that about it. So, yeah, I definitely do recommend it. I think it's a a good movie. It's very amusing. It's very, very much like a, if you want to just feel like the world can be better, just watch it. (laughs) It's very good. Um, So I will say with that, I do give this a score of, I'll give it, um, you know, I'll give it 70 super long guitar solos out of 100.
1: Justin, what about you? Okay, so yeah, I do recommend this movie, especially for the the reasons we've all said. I think that timely has been a word that we've all used. Like that, this is just th- this was just right on time. This was just what the doctor ordered. Just something optimistic, funny. But um, but also, you know, a, a relic of the past. So you get kind of some of that nostalgia and all of that. And these are just people that all of them just their, their screen presence. They just light up the screen and they put, they'll put a smile on your face. I I just don't know how you could watch this and not laugh or smile at some of the things that are happening. I just don't see how you could. But I mean, maybe you could. But, you know. I I would, I would almost bet money that, that you will laugh at something in this movie. It's that kind of movie. It was funny, entertaining. And like I said, it's got intelligence, uh, quite a bit of it for this kind of material. And yeah, I agree. It just couldn't have come at a better time. It was definitely a pick me up for me. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, This is good, man. So I'm going to go, we'll go 80. Um, Robots accidentally vaporizing the wrong people out of 100.
0: I mean, I'm just going to kind of reiterate what you guys have been saying with this. Uh, It really is. It's a very timely movie. And it's a positive, like, it's a refreshingly positive movie. And. I've seen a bunch of stuff this week and I'm not going to lie. This is probably my favorite of all of them. Um, and it's also like an hour and a half long, which is a beautiful thing. Sometimes, sometimes you just need a movie to come in, do its thing and leave and <laughs> leave a mark. And this movie does it because some movies just love like overstaying their welcome. And we'll talk about that at some point in the future. But this movie just comes, it goes. It's positive and it's it's a very easy watch. So it's one of those movies that, especially as things kind of keep getting crazier and more uncertain and all this other stuff, it it's kind of a nice, easy thing to watch. And it's it's positive and optimistic and hopeful without being corny and without being disingenuous and without being forced. And i I think it's just a very delightful movie when it comes to all those. So I would definitely say I recommend it. And I would give this uh 85 Deaths playing hopscotch out of a hundred.
2: Okay. Okay. All right.
0: So spoilers. Oh, with that, I was I as I was saying earlier, I really liked the end of this movie when it came down to it that it wasn't necessarily Bill and Ted themselves playing the song and creating the song to unite. The world or all of existence, or anything like that. It was their kids, also named Bill and Ted. And it wasn't done in a disingenuous way. It wasn't done in like a hokey way or anything like that. It still just fits with everything else they've done in the movies and everything they've set up. It was still Bill and Ted. They did save the universe, but they were also still instrumental in it happening and bringing everybody together for it to happen. And it I liked how it became less about the actual song and more about just the idea of bringing people together through song because that's one of the hardest things about movies like this or just even oddly enough what Heather mentioned earlier with the song Tribute. Like the song Tribute isn't saying it's the best song in the world. It's saying it's a tribute to the best song in the world that you don't get to hear because it's so subjective that of course, if you say it's the best song in the world, somebody's going to just be like, no, it's not. And so just like this, the idea that they would be able to put a song in the movie, that is a song that is so good that it would unite humanity across all space and time would be impossible to do because especially nowadays with people on the internet, you'd always have some fucks out there that no matter how good the song was, they would just say it's garbage (laughs) for no reason. So, I like the fact that the actual song itself wasn't important. It's what they were doing during the song and the fact that all time and space was actually kind of crushing in on that exact moment anyway, that it allowed people to come together through song, which that's an actual genuine thing that could happen, like figuratively speaking, of course. I'm just saying the likelihood of that happening is infinitely easier than saying this song was so good. It saved humanity. And so I like that they twisted it to that, but still kind of kept with the quote unquote prophecy that has been set up in this franchise and that sense of destiny. It it kept it, but twisted it into a more authentic and honestly more positive because it's a more all inclusive thing Mm. that makes it happen. So, I think that that kind of actually what to me makes it work even better. Uh, I I did also I really enjoyed the what was it the the Mozart versus Jimi Hendrix piano guitar battle.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I tight. I just thought
0: that was really cool. It was stupid, but so fun. Like I think that that's to me one of the greatest things about this movie is it leans so heavily into the stupid that it's fun.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I get what you mean by that.
0: Like, because there are so many things, if you break down that scene, that instantly fall apart. I mean, why was Mozart not scared of the electric guitar, let alone of a black person playing it in Germany in (laughs) what, the 1400s? I don't know when the fuck Mozart was around. Right. Like, but no, they don't lean into that. They just have it, you know, be about the music and Mozart just being amazed at the talent of the musician and stuff like that. And, you know, just the fact that they go throughout time and literally the closest person to them in time outside of Kid Cudi that they come across is Jimi Hendrix. And they have a harder time convincing Jimi Hendrix to come along than Mozart, some ancient Chinese flute player and a caveman. They are way easier <laughs> to convince than Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> like the people that should be even more scared of the idea of time travel are the easier ones to like trick to come. Cause they're just like, yeah, come along. And Mozart's just like Guten Tag. Cool. <laughs> you know, they can't even speak to the caveman and they're just like, come on caveman. And he's like, all right, let's do this. Like, I just think that that, you know it's it's just, it's those things it's at face value are dumb but because of the genuineness of the the positivity of this movie it works and like there were times i thought i was going crazy because like i'm just sitting there watching this and i'm like why the fuck am i enjoying this as much as i am <laughs> and maybe you're right heather maybe it really has to do with how just bad shit is that any just ray of light is just skewed so much positivity, like in in the, in a positive spectrum. But I don't know. I think even if it wasn't as shitty of a year as it's been, I think that the the heart of this movie could still carry it.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And,
0: And I'm curious to see once we somehow get through some of this shit that without the dark time surrounding it, I, I can't wait to watch this again to see if it still can shine as brightly as it does at this moment. Plus I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a huge kid Cuddy fan. So I was really kind of excited that uh, with his part in this movie. Um,
2: Yeah, that was a good role.
0: So now I think technically now this is Heather, your turn. And then it's Justin. Nope. Wait. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm so lost. <laughs> One of you two go. I'll let you two decide.
2: I'll I'll go ahead. Um, Yeah, so, and just to kind of add on to what you were saying about the idea of, you know, what music can do and everything like that, like, I also liked the aspect of how it, it just kind of shows all of these musical influences throughout history, you know what I mean? And I, I really liked that aspect, too, to say, it's not just one type of music that should be the one that brings the world together. It's all these different influences of different types of music throughout history. That's doing that. And I, I really liked that aspect of that as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel like it's, it is really hard to follow, um, everything you said because you really articulated all the feelings of it so well, but Yeah. I mean, it's just heart really is the word for this. Like it has so much heart in this movie. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's something that I think even down the line, I think I'll still enjoy watching it, but it just, um, it it was just a feel good movie, honestly. And I, (laughs) I really liked one of my, my favorite parts was when the, when Bill and Ted were in the counseling session with their wives (laughs) and they just like, were like, we love you. Like collectively, like they just didn't know how to (laughs) be just the two of them without the other two. Like, it's just, you know, it was just very funny to me. And it was very, it it was very fitting with their relationship because they're always together and they're so close and all of these things. And so it just very, it fit well with those two characters. And I, I just thought that was a really funny scene. And again, and I I really just can't stress enough, like how much I loved the daughters in this. Um, I mean, they, I've never seen such like perfect casting (laughs) of people. Like they both looked like they could be their children. Um, and Samara Weaving, like she's, she's really good. Like I, I really like her. I mean, she was the one from ready or not. She was the the main um, character in that one. And I thought she was great in that movie. And, you know, just seeing her in this role, like a completely different type of character, but, and then um, Ted's daughter and I'm forgetting her name. Hold on. What is her name? Yeah. Bridget Lundy Payne. I've seen her in um, the show atypical on Netflix and she's, she's just very good. Like I just, the way that they, they do the the facial expressions dead on, just the kind of the way that they dress and carry themselves and the way that they speak and talk. And it's so dead on and just even the relationship they have with them where they're just very chill, <laughs> very just like, cool. Okay, cool. So we're in hell, but otherwise we're good. Like that whole thing of like, just very carefree, you know, um, you know, kind of like a, what will be the word, like an ignorance is bliss type of characters, which is what Bill and Ted sort of are. Um And I just really, really loved their dynamic. And I thought they were just so well casted. And I really just think they shined so much in this movie. And Bill and Ted, Keanu and Alex, they, they allowed that space for them to do that. Even though this movie is about them and their journey and finding who they are they allowed the space for their daughters or the, you know, the actresses that play their daughters to really kind of play that important part in this and the writing of it allowed that. And it was just very, very well done. And you're right. It is very well paced and it's not a long movie, but it it gets a lot, (laughs) it gets a lot of, of good stuff in there when it, with what it does. And I think, um, and I did say, you know, I think it ends a little abruptly like, not to say that it needed to be like a super long movie or much longer, but it just felt like there was this really cool, like good progression of, okay, we're getting all these people from history and we're getting them on stage and we're getting this song made. And then the song ends and then the movie also ends. Like I kind of, I guess, hoped for or expected like some kind of follow up after that with either, you know, them being like wives. I do love you individually, like, or something or like, Hey daughters, we are so proud of you. Or I just kind of was, was maybe hoping for just a little bit more of that after the song, but pretty much once the song is done, the movie's done and, and that's fine. But for me, I was just like, I could have stood a little bit more of it, you know, just a little bit longer, a little bit more um, towards the end there. I, I would have been okay with that. So, but yeah, I just think that, um, I don't know. I I just really enjoyed this movie. And I think it was You're right. I think lately of movies that I've seen that are newer movies, it's definitely one of the better ones. And honestly, like as much as I love the second one, this one, I think kind of edges out the second one for me. I think it's a little bit better. And yeah, it's just, it's just a really great movie and it's a good movie experience all around.
1: All right, Justin, what about you? Yeah. So, I mean, we're all kind of, sounding the same here, but yeah, um I can agree with a lot of the things that uh that th- that you guys said already. And um and just like I said, like Keanu Reeves and Alex Winterman, they just I-, I mean, all of the scenes that they had together and just everything they were tasked to do. When you're going through all these phases of time and you're seeing old Bill and Ted, prison Bill and Ted, all of these different versions, they just did such a good job with these versions um and and what i was talking about earlier earlier just the intelligence of the script you know you're seeing all of these crazy versions of these characters but it all had a point to it to kind of show you that, look, this is what they could become, you know, that this is what could happen or this is what happens if they lose their wives or whatever the case may be, or this is what happens if, if it does work out. And this is what, you know, so I liked all of that. It was just for all of the stupidity in this, it was intelligently written, man. I could just see the intelligence in the script. Uh, And just kind of like what Sterling kind of talked about with the resolution with this, making you think it's Bill and Ted, but because of wording, and it's actually their daughters. Even that part uh, earlier in the film where um, the grand leader, or supreme leader, whatever she was, a grand leader. I can't remember ex- the exact term, but the leader, the one that was great trying leader. to kill it was supreme. It's great, supreme leader. It's great leader. Oh, great! I'm telling okay, you, great, what it is. Leader. It's great leader. Okay. Um, well, yes, her, the great leader, who kind of towards the middle of the movie decides okay look they're not going to be able to make this song so maybe we have to end Bill and Ted and she says a line they're going to have to you know that well if they're not going to bring give us the song then they're going to have to die in order for us to be able to uh, liberate everyone and get out of this situation and Even though she was wrong in that nobody needed to be killed, they did have to die and go to hell and get together for this to work out. So, like, there's a lot of intelligence in this script. Like, I mean, just the way that they did it and then the resolution at the end, it's an uplifting message. And just like Sterling already talked about it, but... It's uplifting because it's just not stupid. You know, it wasn't just this one. Like you said, it wasn't just this one song, but it's more about people coming together and doing something. And that togetherness seems possible. It seems attainable. It seems reachable. And that's kind of been what. A lot of the um, what what some of the political conversation has been is how can we all come together? So when you're presented with a movie that sort of that kind of uses music in that way, but it gives you a message and something to think about, that's just not. Dumb or just so forgettable that you're like, oh, whatever. You know, you're you're forcing this upon me, and this didn't feel like that. It felt genuine. It felt like that's what they were trying to provide, and it, and it felt like they delivered on that. Um, another bright spot in this, I thought, was Dennis the Robot. I, I just thought that that actor was funny. He. <laughs> didn't have very many scenes, but man, when he had a scene, he killed it. And then just the way that he was being kind of the Terminator-like robot towards the, the second act of the movie... And then what that character is in the third act—that th- was just a hilarious turn. So even that character had an arc. You know what I mean? So, th- and again, it just speaks to the intelligence of this script. Every character that was important to this to this lore had an arc. The 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 daughters had an arc. The the wives <laughs> had an arc. Going through time with with, with the future. Your wives and realizing that they were happy, and that they had that even though they were unhappy, it could be a lot that realization of going through time and realizing, man, it could be a lot worse. What we have is good, let's work on that. Like, man, there's just a lot of intelligence to this script, and I know it's weird to say that to to associate intelligence with Bill and Ted, (laughs) with a Bill and Ted movie, because of all of the just crazy kind of outlandish, stupid material. But it's true, man. I just keep coming back to that. But I think that that just really encapsulates what I felt about this and why this was uh, so good. And I do think that we are starting to see kind of a blueprint on how these franchises and these movies that, that stay gone for a long time can come back and be successful. And like when I look at this film and I look at something like the Halloween remake, I see a lot of the same elements done in those that, that made this successful. You know, you gotta have some old faces and you, and they still have to be important. They still have to be relevant, but you've got to introduce some new characters and they've got to be interested and they've got to be pivotal to make this feel fresh. So we're not just getting the same thing. And uh, both of those movies were an example of doing that. Bill and Ted with their daughters and then um, Halloween with, um, with Jamie Lee Curtis's extended family. Like I, I, I just, those two movies, I just feel like they stand out because they were successes and you see a lot of the same elements, just being able to capture the essence of what we loved about those old movies and the nostalgia while still updating and giving you something fresh that you kind of need right now and, and, and still being about that female empowerment, which I think both of these were, even though that wasn't just one of the aims, it, It was one of the aims of this, of the Bill and Ted movie. And they do wind up reaching it. So, you know, all in all, this was just fun, enjoyable. And I was surprised at just the amount of intelligence that went into this narrative.
0: All right. Do you guys have anything else with this one?
2: No, I think we covered it all. Nope.
0: All right. I think that's a good place to call it an an episode then. So. On that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram at cinema underscore slayers. Uh, This has been a long episode, so I'm just going to say, remember, guys, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner.
1: I've got no song for this. Yeah, dude.
0: I don't know if that was good or not. We'll go with no. Yeah, probably.